Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast, but only exclusively on the Chop Sports channel of the Premier Streaming Network. We are recording this on July 13th. I am your host, Laurent Cortines. In this episode, Chris and I get into the early innings of the Women's World Cup, talk about an interesting uh, debate going on within the women's football around uh, transgender and women's rights and all those things. Plus, we talk transfers. We talk uh, Pasta Cloglu's first interview, where he's at with Kane, and all of the rest of the transfer business. Chris has been amazing at putting this whole thing together, and I'm looking forward to more episodes with him. Just a little house cleaning. Uh, I'm going to be joining him on Thursdays as well, and I'll still have a Sunday show that I'm going to work on during the season. But for now, I'm just going to keep working with Chris until uh, the season starts. But as always, please like, share, and subscribe. It means everything. Thank you. And... Uh, and we just have an announcement real quick. We we have the, the radio station going, topfcradio.com. So for, for we're going to be live on there, but also a lot of news that you guys can, you know, check out and, and see if you like it. So we're starting we started this project here with Laurent, and uh, hopefully hopefully it takes off and, and we get it going. So, again, but we're still live on YouTube as well. And, of course, like I said, on topfcradio.com. So you can also listen to us on demand on all our platforms, on Spotify, all your audio platforms. So, But anyways, what's up, man? How you been? How you doing, Chris? Thanks for everything. Thanks for setting up everything. You've been a wonder. So if you guys don't know in the background, Chris is making this all happen. I was a lonely <laughs> podcaster in the wilderness, and Chris came to me and saved the day. But uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm looking forward to, you know, there's a lot of football. Is, is that a, a California hat you got on? Looking forward to the World Cup, the Women's World Cup. I love the Women's World Cup. It's one of my favorite tournaments. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm, it is. I'm, 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 I'm Schadenfreude. I like to see the U.S. Women's National Team lose. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, I want to uh, actually, I, I actually watched the the match yesterday, and that uh, Rodman uh, girl, man, she is unbelievable. And well, she's, I mean. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt her athleticism. Of course, being the daughter of Dennis Rodman, but mm-hmm. just the the technique. I mean, unbelievable, man. Just out of nowhere, they and she's actually really a good. substitute. I, so right, I, yeah. Go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, I think I think now is the time to. If you were watched women's soccer football in the past, or you're kind of tired of of some of the pol- politics that's gone on in women's football, that's separate. I think outside of the U.S. women's national team, who are good, but have yeah. lived on the athleticism and the infrastructure of Title IX for many decades now, the European clubs and the European countries have taken the mantle of women's football. And whatever they did in the past, it was wrong. But they are really, really good now. And yeah. I think when you watch women's football, the quality of the Top 16, I'd say, top eight clubs is really high. There's still some bottom feeders that are going to drop nine goals. But if you're talking about the Netherlands, Spain, England, um, Italy to a lesser extent, Germany, Norway, Sweden, those clubs are really, really good. But I you know, Hedberg the, is finally back. The, the U.S. has really always good. been, uh, the, uh, the U.S. is uh, women's wise, you know, our national team 
we we always been good as far as women and we actually been developed more than most countries in in the the women's sport you know I, we can actually say that we are as far as soccer goes we can actually say that we are the we Brazil are the of women football yes. yeah I mean, I mean we are man <laughs> yeah you know yeah. i think that's one of the big things that will change i think that the south american teams who have historically been behind will start to get better i think yeah you know argentina should have a better club women's team but they have to get over some of the cultural problems i would say i mean there's no other better way to put it right the machismo that that kind of stuff uh the women the brazilian team exactly the women have been living with marta she's 38 maybe now and she still has to lead yeah. that team so south america i think still has a lot of work to do the women's Mex the, the feminina mexican team is still not there the fitness levels are not there you can see it in the women it's not a knock on their skill but they they don't look like athletes they look like yeah. amateurs so one of the things that we'll, we'll get it, we have a we have one point that's big here, but I wanted to start the show because the Women's World Cup is the biggest thing that's coming. That's up happening right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, they start. They're gonna go in like start next week or something. Well, yeah, no, I'm um, saying like you know, like you said, it's coming up, and and yesterday they were sent yeah. off, and it was an incredible match. I actually watched the whole thing. We actually did the, the watch along on on the YouTube channel, but um, I mean, it, it was just unbelievable to be honest, and also the fact. You know the fans; they rally behind the the women's national team. I mean, they really do. They're 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 out there, and it wouldn't surprise me for them to to fill up the stadiums in 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 New Zealand and Australia. Yeah, the the only issue I can see is the timing of it. Is um, it's it's the other side of the world. So the games will be on at night, late. Uh, not so bad, but there will be games that are on at like three o'clock in the morning. So that's yeah, going to make yeah. it tricky. Yeah, that's the only thing. Well, we got the the women's World Cup to talk about. We also got a, a something that's that's coming up about the um, a, a national team that's going to participate in kind of a controversial topic, and and we'll we'll talk about that. But we also got Ange Postecoglou's uh, comments on Hurricane and and you know what's going to happen as as far as his his future. Um, Levy is a ruthless ruthless owner, and we're going to talk about him as well. Real Madrid also uh, still with the drama, Mbappe drama going on right there. And Leonardo, former PSG, um, one of the top heads, he was in charge of Christopher, football Christopher, I'm not sure if this is happening everywhere, and I apologize. Yeah. I'm not hearing you very well. Is it low? It's very low. Okay. Actually, oh, here we go. Uh, That's better. Oh, on, the, um, on the return, it, it sounds good, so. Well, I'm turn yeah, I don't I don't hear you very well at all. You're faded very badly. Okay, so yeah, I'm right there. Um yeah, you're good and then there. we got Mar Marcus Marcus Rashford. It actually got something uh, that he might he might be asking to I mean he just got a a renewal not not too long ago. So you know sure. this rumor might not be might not be um true, but Paris Saint Germain, if Mbappe leaves he might be a player that they're looking that they'll be looking at. So we'll yeah. see when it when it comes to that. Neymar Jr. also denied by Barcelona once again. He <laughs> wanted to go to return because he's one. Everybody wants to leave PSG, but he's not. Uh, he, he was denied mainly because of the salary. And also, we got more news. Yeah. So, uh, le but let's start talking about this uh, women's World Cup striker who, who actually sure. shot some yeah, yeah. shot win over uh, Germany. Uh, told that she can yeah. actually play now. 
despite having uh, issues with her yeah, gender this is a, this, is, a, this is one of those in this is very topical in the world very difficult to talk about and i want to be very yeah. clear that you know i'm not an expert and i'm not a doctor but apparently and i think i, I want to get her name right i think it's uh brando or something like that yeah barbara this is, is barbara uh i had to bando brando something like that her first name is barbara I watched the highlights of the game yeah yeah um barbara banda she, this is yeah. a woman manda banda yeah. with a b yeah okay um she's a, this is a woman who is biologically a woman and has always been a woman but is very masculine and boxed as a youth before she got into soccer so has always had an elevated level of testosterone her body is very low body fat does have the appearance of a man right when you watch her but is insistent that she's a woman and has women's parts so that <laughs> part is not in <laughs> doubt right so this is not a woman this isn't a this isn't an issue of a man saying he's a woman or anything like that this is a woman who says i am a woman but right. i have this elevated testosterone that got her basically i'm sure it happened during testing that they tested her and she basically showed as someone who's on steroids or testosterone. And so they had to like find her levels. And she actually was banned from playing in the CAF women's tournament previously in South Africa. Well, uh, and I think it's unfair to her because yeah, she's it, just, it is. she just wants to play. And this is not one of these gender fluid things. This is just, this is a woman who's very masculine and has elevated testosterone who wants to play in the Women's World Cup. And I think in this but, case, she should be allowed to play. But I'm, I'm telling you this, though, because even though, yes, she is a woman, so that's that part. Um, the fact, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, the fact that she is actu an actual woman is why the FIFA just let them do their own investigation and, 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 and do their own thing. But because if she was a transgender woman, then... I mean, you can't have a double double standard. You can't have two rules. For, you know what I mean? Because if she was a transgender, definitely she would have been looked up by FIFA. And more than likely, it would have been tough for, for FIFA to put the world on top of them for, for no reason. I over, think it would if it if, if it was transgender, if, if if this was a man who had become a woman, I think it's a completely different story. Yeah. It becomes a national story. It becomes a referendum on this, you know, big debate that we're having all the time. Yeah. We don't have to go into it because I'm sure we'll both get in trouble because we both don't know what the hell we're talking about. But right. it would become a bigger thing. And then the women that are playing in the World Cup would then become the next step. They would say, do you want to let her play? Do you want, you know, it would become like the um, Penn State swimmer where it's just like, this is actually unfair. This is a man who's playing football. But in this case, we're not going through that. Thank God. I don't think the world is ready for that yet. But, and I'm sure the Women's World Cup does not want to deal with that. Well, like, again, she, she's she's a female, so it, it is unfair. She has a really elevated uh, testosterone. In, in, mm. But so does, does that mean? Because that is the cause of, as of why transgender women, you know, they right now they can't play the sport. Uh, so that's what that, sorry. I think we have to be clear. 
That's the criteria that they're using when they really should just use the actual criteria, which is you were a man. Right. Punto. But that's that's my personal opinion. Yeah. But we've well, created so, this medical but, but because reason for it, the, the reason why they can't why play in this situation. But the reason why they can't play professional sports is simply because obviously physically they 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 are they are a man and even yeah. even with with their their transformation, uh I don't want to use the wrong word, but I mean, I mean that's the one that comes up on their change. The, the the high levels of testosterone that actually has to do with growth, that has to do with strength, that has to do with energy, all that stuff is why right now it's a controversy and they're not able to uh, actually participate. Yeah. So why I, would it, this it's woman definitely something that I think is going to come up? But why would I this woman? Am I asking? Am I asking for a question? Someone will test it. Someone but, will test it. Someone will push forward that is on a national team or some unscrupulous country or, or whatever is going to say we have should male athletes who have become women and they are going to play on our national teams. And that point we will have to deal with it because it's going to happen. This is just the first test case in a way. But let me, but let me ask you this should then if her levels of testosterone are really high and she is able to sort of kind of, have an advantage you know then is she i think, I think they have this case, for a reason they have this for yeah, a reason. i know i think i think in i think in this case which is very specific this is a woman who's always been this way who has this physical difference and is not trying to be something else and has not moved herself from one side to the other there's no there's no medical intervention that has made her this way. This is just her. Then I think it's okay. And this is a special case because you have to think of it this way. If she was seven feet tall and could run like a deer, but her testosterone was normal, that would be her advantage. In this case, she just happens to have this elevated testosterone where I think it's reasonable. It isn't breaking the game because thank God football is not an individual sport where they can, you can cut the supply. You can make sure she doesn't, I mean, it's going to help them Zambia play prop. Maybe they'll get out of the group stage, but most of their team, you know, it just is, it gives them these advantages because you can see it. You watch the highlights of that German, Germany, Zambia game. She is gone. Like the ball in behind gone. Like she just accelerates and just disappears. It's like Usain Bolt versus, you know, some guy from Sweden in a sprint. Just, she takes off on them, especially these, these, you know, European defenders that are there because they can head the ball, but they're not fast. She just goes right past them. It just disappears behind. Well, them. actually, touch, really good yeah. finishing as well. Oh, she's good. She's really good. good. I mean, you can't ball. deny. It, 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 but yeah, you know, really good. I get. I think that actual transgender woman or former former man or uh, you know whatever whatever the term is today. Yeah, I know. I listen. Get I, I, I get. No, I know that. Let's get I, I, off this topic. No, but the, but we we have to talk about it because because then if it helps their this decision by FIFA letting this happen, even though it's probably the the most fair thing because she was a natural born woman, it does help yeah. the transgender athlete cause because they can say, listen, she's a woman. She has high level of, of testosterone, but she's able to play and she's able to. So why can't I? If 
my testosterone is lower. Yeah, I mean, way like lower. Like I said, her. I think this. I think to your to your point, this is a case that they will use as, if we're not going to literally use the actual birth genders of people, right? Right. Because this notion that you can become another gender, which is this modern thing that we're going through, I personally think it's binary and I could be wrong and that's fine. But once you open the door to some moving testosterone level, then you can play to the score and a man can say, well, I'm down to whatever level of testosterone. Therefore I am, I can play with women. That's when you get into trouble because no, I, I, that number I, and I think they're going to use that is not what makes you a woman. What makes you a woman is the fact that you were born a woman and have menstruated and can have children and can have milk and all these things. That's what makes you a woman biology, biologically for, you know, 200,000 years, which is how long homo sapiens have been on a planet, not something that's happened in the last 10 years. Now, are there spectrums? Sure. But in this case, I would go in the basis of sport to keep the integrity of these things going. We've got to make sure that we have a decent rule. We have a case like this. It happened in the 1950s, very, very famously. The East German swim team basically juiced their women so much on testosterone that they set records that were never broken by a woman until recently. And some of those women took so many steroids, they literally were transitioned to men. They became men through over-prescribing. So we've had this in the Olympics. This happened in the 50s, and it's very famous. Look it up. East German swim team, insane amount of drugs. They basically were men swimming and bait all the women and won all the, all the records. But we just if we want to use these lines of up and down, instead of the natural kind of thing that we have, we're going to run into trouble. And I'm sure someone is going to be upset at me, and that's okay because I'm not a genius and I'm not a doctor. I'm just sort of trying to use the common sense hat that I have just go, hey, it's not fair if we know today that, and this is not to belittle women's football, it's very good that essentially a high school soccer team of boys can beat the best women in the world. That is known. That is a game that was played by the U.S. women's national team. That if a, if a, if a male soccer player trained up until they were 15 and then transitioned to a woman, you can't tell me that they don't have the skill or the wherewithal it would be like seeing you know it would be like seeing messy play in mls that level of problems <laughs> yeah i mean the, the, um, the, this is a a good a good I, I think we we needed to talk about this because again it's not just because yeah. it, it's easy yeah she's a woman birth certificate she's a woman then let her Thank play God. what's the problem so but yeah but then again it, it's it, it's it's good to talk about it because simply if it happens to be a transgender, this I'm telling you, this will help their cause. Whatever you think, whatever you believe, uh, I think it will help in the future. So, uh, but I, just yeah, to- it is. It, I, I definitely don't think it's over. I think there will be a moment, and then I think it will come down to the actual participants, the women that are on their teams. Will they accept it? I think yeah. that it will come down to that team. That's like. Hey, I have a chance to win the World Cup. I'm 34 years what old. If, I'm what 38 if, what years if they old. do I'm win the World Cup? 
which which it'll be tough. But <laughs> right, but, that's what I mean. Uh, and by the way, that did happen. Those women, the East Germans, did win gold medals, and we look at them and kind of look back and go, "Yeah, they shouldn't have those." So now, uh, it has precedent. It is there. But Zambia has got bigger problems because there's their actual team coach has been accused of sexually abusing players, and it's a it's a deeper deal than than what we know about. But it, a lot of I read an article on Yara Oz, man. It's pretty gruesome, the things. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm sure there are things that go on in certain countries that are just yeah. Be, I mean, it happens in the U.S. Right? We had the thing. Oh yeah, the yeah. guy in the news today, and I don't want to go deep into it, but the 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 the, the gymnastics guy just got shivved in prison, <laughs> and he was abusing the girls as well. So mm-hmm. it's not just an African thing. It's just no, girls no, in sports and women, men in power abusing that privilege it's terrible all right uh well let's move on to angie postacoglu's uh, comments uh, that Ange he made postacoglu man i, I say angie, i love man. him already i'm so happy for spurs <laughs> let me let me call him, let me let me call him whatever i want it's hard to say his last name by the way is he greek yes he must he speaks english very yeah. well I will admit that. Yeah, his story is intense, man. He crazy? left Greece on a boat and he got looks, all the he way. He looks to, like he'll, you know, there's he'll a, there's a your large population of Greeks in Australia that have been there a long time. He looks like he'll break a couple knees. <laughs> he'll bust a couple he, kneecaps. He was trained under Puskas, the world famous Fenric oh, yeah, Puskas yeah, yeah, yeah. of the mighty Hungarians, most one of the most famous footballers ever one of the early real madristas he played with um oh god who's the who's the arrow my name my brain's melting anyway yeah he 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 played at he played at real under that under the team that won the five uh first champions league pushkas the the the, the goal of the year is called the pushkas award and postagoglu learned to play football under 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 uh pushkas yeah, all right. Well, let's listen to some of the things that he had to say about, mm-hmm. well, in general, they asked him about, about everything, but Hurricane, of course, main topic. Of course. Yeah, really good. Obviously, uh, it's uh, it's been a little while now, but um, yeah, look, delighted to be here. Um, looking forward to the massive challenge ahead, uh, which uh, I was well aware of before taking on the responsibility and uh, looking forward to uh, working with the players and the staff and um, you know, being part of a a, a really uh, strong competition. It was a brilliant few years for you at Celtic, but at the start of the season, there's a lot of players that left when you joined the club. You had to do a lot of recruitment at the start, didn't you? And is that is that a bit of patience required here from supporters? You know, look, it's fair to say every sort of position I've had um, has kind of needed some sort of rebuild. And um, as you said, I had a brilliant two years at uh, Celtic. Uh, Loved every minute of it, but it was challenging, particularly at the start. And um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if it's about patience. I mean, you can't ask people to feel a certain way or to to sort of dampen expectations. I think what I've tried to do wherever I've been, and including Celtic, is allow them to form their own opinion with what they see rather than what I say. And, um, you know, like, so we had a massive rebuild at Celtic, but I think, you know, at the beginning, even though the results weren't there, the supporters could see what we were trying to do and got behind us. And, you know, um, I don't know whether that's it's going to be a rocky star for us or a good star for us, but either way, my you know my hope and my desire and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and, and belief that we're uh, you know we're going to embark on something special. You made some exciting signings already, and it could be a biggish squad. So some undoubtedly will leave too. 
in terms of the short-term planning, are there certain players like Harry Kane where you have to say, he's got to stay, he's part of my plans, it's imperative? So it's question three, and it was Harry, was it? Okay, <laughs> we were running a pool of the coaches. I think uh, I think Milay Yidnak won, actually. I had, I had over six because I thought you'd care more about me than, than Harry. But, um, <laughs> no, look, I, I think in terms of the squad, um, as I said, there is – it's fair to say, I think, the reason that I'm here is because, you know, the club is seeking change, you know, um, change in, in direction, change in, you know, the way we do things, and, and that – usually transpires in the change in personnel squad and players and staff and you know within that context my my role right at this minute is to deal with what's in front of me the certainties i have uh, knowing that there are going to be many uncertainties and um trying to tick off one by one um you know the path forward for us and that is you know what our squad's going to look like um may take a little while um until the season starts before we have a clarity on that. But within that, I can't wait for that moment to start working. We've started already. Good luck, Hans. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Hey. All right. So uh, some of the words that he had to say in the in the very beginning, man, this guy really, really knows what the heck he's talking about. I mean, I'm really, I'm really confident yeah. in what he, he brings to the table. And a good opportunity for him, and, you know, top of, being a part of the top six, really, uh, you know, so it's it's a good ch good chance for him and, and for the players. Now, what do you think this whole Harry Kane situation is gonna end up? Yeah, yeah I, I, I just I just I just think that ultimately any manager who comes in when there is a transfer saga has to deal with these sorts of things. I think a good example of us just hearing about it was Ten Hag with Cristiano. And the key thing in these moments is probably to show control, that you're controlling a narrative, that you know what's going on, that you don't throw the player under the bus in case something gets weird, and that you're like, he's with us, he's training with us, It whenever happens, happens, we want him to be here, and I know when he's going to go or play. As long as he's here, he's welcome to be with us. As long if he goes on, we'll wish him well and we'll adapt without it. Uh, I think he took it as an opportunity to say, hey, I was at Celtic. We did the transition away from Brendan Rodgers. We lost Edison Edward, who had been their leading scorer with 15, 21, and 18 goals. Uh, that team had been on decline. They had, they had won, you know, nine Premier Leagues in a row and then lost their first one after losing to Celtic. And that's going about on a rebuild. They didn't decline that much, but... Right. It had been the same side for a while under Rodgers, and they had to change it up. He took control of that team, changed it, had to move some players out. So he's had experience taking a big club and having big players leave under a sort of popular manager. Uh, I, I wouldn't say – I mean, the Conte thing, I wouldn't say he was popular. He kind of was a strong manager, but, but Spurs were already in disarray. Um, I, I think ultimately – he is the right fit for Spurs and the level of Spurs. As much as, and this is hard for Spurs fans to hear, but I think they know it, ultimately, if they search deep down. Now, do you think... Spurs... Uh, oh, go ahead. No, well, finish your point. Finish your point, because I wanted to ask you about... Yeah, game. I think Spurs deep down know that their level is a Postacoglu. And by that, I mean a manager who is on the way up who 
takes the Spurs job as a means to push himself and the club forward. So he's very much in the Pochettino um, mold versus the Conte Mourinho mold, which were Spurs are already at the level and we need this manager to push us on. Now it's Spurs are down a level and we can grow together. So I think that's the difference. And I think Postacoglu is that person. Now, the, Harry Kane, he's got 12 months in his in his contract. And Bayern Munich has just sent a second offer, about 70 million uh, pounds. And it, but it looks like, I would probably have to agree with Levy on this in this situation. It's not enough. It's not enough for him. But the number itself, according to, I mean, the numbers that we're seeing right now, really, it, it's, not, it's, it's not enough. However, I don't think Levy's doing it because of the amount. It might be a, might be a part of it. But I, I do believe that he's just a ruthless, ruthless owner that the fact of the matter is Kane wants to leave and I don't want him to leave. I feel like it's, it's yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I actually, actually, uh, I'm going to refer to uh, um, Sir Alex Ferguson that, that said I, I had I had the hip surgery was better than dealing with with Levy <laughs> with with the Berbatov yeah. area, the Berbatov I, area. I think I think the issue with Harry Kane and we'll we'll probably end up talking about it for a while is. He's a ruthless player on the pitch. I don't think anyone can doubt his commitment there. But his off-the-field persona is not ruthless. He's not Mbappe, who we're going to talk about. He's not Cristiano. He's not a me, 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 me. And that's what makes him great. But in order for him to get this move, he has got to, to use the uh, English term, throw the toys out of the pram. So get mad. Say I'm not coming to training. I'm not doing anything. You move me, or you're, or I will sit, and be ready to sit. So that's the thing that I don't see. I don't get the sense that he really wants to go to Bayern Munich. He really wants to go to City. He played his hand, and his big issue is that, and all Spurs know fans know this. After the World Cup in 2018, he signed a six-year deal. That was his fault. He trusted Levy. He blew it. And this is still, this is the last year of that six-year deal he signed in August of 18. And he's living with that deal. And he's probably not paid well enough. And Levy is not going to let him go. Sorry, he's not going to publicly let him go because he's a PR conscious person. He doesn't want the fans to put all those Levy out signs if he sells Kane. Um, But with one year left on a deal at 30 years old, I think 80 is a good number. Hold out for 100 at best? I mean, money-wise, money-wise, similar to the Mbappe case, what Kane could do is just stay one more year and actually get that transfer fee all to him. Yeah, he'll walk. He'll just go wherever he wants. Right, exactly. And, but get get that transfer fee. It's a big deal, man, because Bayern Munich could just say, all right, I'm, I'm going to give you 50 million pounds. 50. You know, I offered 70. I'm going to give you 50. I, I, they, they, I, players I get those think, nowadays, man. I, one, one more thing that I do think is real and I think is undersold. Kane is English. English players, especially older ones, 
don't move around. The younger players have learned that it's actually good. Your Sancho's and now your Bellingham is now going to be a really big mark of like, oh my God, we can move and do stuff. Um, but Kane is from that earlier generation who doesn't move. His wife is pregnant with their fourth kid. He's not moving to Germany. Oh, you don't think he, he's going? He he he's going to go to Bayern Munich. You don't you don't think it's feasible? He, he, I don't think he wants to go. But what? He'd rather I mean, not wait a minute. go. So, but why would he even do this? Why would he even? Uh, because let he wants this... to win, and he has no choice. He's gonna. He's either he'll either stay at Spurs or take this Bayern deal. But I don't think he's gonna sign a long term deal. His what? I'm telling you. His, you got kids. Yeah, you can't be having a newborn and be in Germany with three kids. He's out of his mind. Why he not? His whole family with Why him. Why not? And yeah, like I think so. They, so this they two don't... things to separate from his fa- from the family perspective. You can just see the conversation going on with the wife. She's probably like, "Come on, Harry. Why don't we stay with Spurs? Oh, we're <laughs> gonna have a baby." And he's like, "I can't stay here. This team's terrible." If he was just a single guy brain, you go to Bayern, no problem. But as a family man with a white with a kid on the way and three kids, and then the goal records there, all that stuff has got to be like, he wanted City and he blew it. And City went, all right, Holland's ready. See you later, Harry. We're done. Yeah, I mean, blew it. but I, I don't think that, uh, I mean, I think if this, this is continuing the way it's continuing, with the rumors and, and actually this was way before Bayern Munich put in an offer for, 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 for Kane. So I think if the, he is, if this is happening, still ongoing, I, I believe he's wanting to go. And I believe he's wanted, he's planning to go right now because why he could have just, just said it. Hey, I don't want to go. I'm good. I'll stay another year or look for another offer in the premier league, but Bayern Munich they, for them to send Levy's another offer. Levy's not selling him in the premier league. It's not happening. United somehow don't have money because they're the worst one club in the division. Um, Newcastle, that would be a logical place, but it would be weird to see him at Newcastle. It would be a real like, okay, bye Spurs. Newcastle's now in the top four. We're going for it. Although but, I think it's a, it would actually be a good fit. Uh, but listen, I think Harry Kane could make any team a contender. Obviously, Manchester United. He's awesome. Manchester United has been talking about it in – I do believe that if Harry Kane goes to Manchester United, they're back on top because he is a goal machine. He's a goal scoring machine. He's the guy they need. Uh, I and I do don't be- think they they could beat City, but it would be a real. I, I do believe that he Manchester United has to be monitoring this situation, but I just don't understand why they haven't uh, acted. Why they haven't made an offer? I and but Levy is it's not going. There's no way Levy is going to sell him to Manchester United. And that's the thing. I, I, I don't believe that there's – if there's one team that he won't sell him to is Manchester United. I, I don't – I mean, all that stuff that the stuff that went thing, right? with 10 years ago with Berbatov, 15 years yeah. ago. The ideal team, if history were clean and we were doing SAF-level United, the move would have been to United. It would have been done. It would have been over. Yeah. They would have done it already. Exactly. Right. Yep. And it's the right fit and the right player and the right time. Right. He's the next step. That goal scorer who puts goals in. They would have Bruno and Erickson and Mount feeding him the ball, and you'd have Shaw crossing it in, and they'd have different ways to score. He's the right player. But where's the 120 million that they need to make this move? It's not there. 
right? You don't think they got money? Who have they booked? I don't. I mean, Mount. I don't they, think. They pay... I don't think when you are in the middle of a sale, if you've ever bought a house or you've ever been in a, in escrow, uh, you don't mess around with your bank account because all the loans are t- attached to it, all the interest rates are attached to it, everything around your finances has to be kind of locked up while you're waiting for the interest rate to go the right way so you can buy your home. Manchester United are in the middle of trying to get an extra hundred million dollars, half half a billion dollars onto the price tag of their team. They're not in the mood to spend $120 million on a player when they have to, you know, look under the couches for it right now. I mean, they were haggling over $5 million from Mason and that took months. You think yeah. they're going to close a, a Harry Kane deal? Well, that's well. I mean, with Levy in, in in six weeks. I mean, the fact the fact no way they probably didn't believe that Mount was worth more than fifty sixty million pounds, and which I don't Since think he when is either. Do they value anything? This well, is a team that spent ninety million dollars on Anthony. True. True. <laughs> true. What are they doing? Well, they could have a, a potential. They're probably regretting that now. They could have a potential sell here that we're going to talk about. But let, uh, we got. Let's finish up with this uh, Kane thing. Ainge Postecoglou. He 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 said he talked to him and said, "Hey, you're part of the plan." But of course, he, he probably wants to know what's going to happen. I mean, he has a, a team to 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 get ready for for the next season. So. Well, with they, or they without Kane, signed, it's a big they deal. They have signed Salomon, uh, Salomon, a nice winger, kind of in the, kind of in the sunny role, similar player. Um, so you could see them taking Richarlison, taking Kulishevsky, taking Manor Solomon, and just being like, you know what? We got Madison. We're just gonna go without. That might be it. They might just. That's how we're gonna play. We're gonna go with Richarlison. Manor Solomon, Sonny, Kulishevsky, play Madison behind them to connect them to, with all the through balls and just go with that front four. That might be it. It might be like Harry Kane. Thanks. See you later. Yeah. We'll see how this. I'm going with that. This, well, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty. That's not a great team, but it might work. They still I, like, they need three defenders. But... Richarlison is pretty, is pretty good. I think he can kind of, sort of. I mean, nobody's going to replace Kane, but he, he, is, uh, he, he did a good job at Everton. I mean, I thought he was going to be bigger than what you he know is. What now, I would but... do, what I would do, I, my understanding is it doesn't look like uh, Mr. Sadio Mane is having a good time in Germany. How hey, much could a... you get him for? Uh, yeah, that's true. We could do a little swap. We're going to do a little yeah, swap deal. We could do a little swap. You want to do a little make weight? Sure. Gonna... Oh, you want to give us 80? 80 and Mane, and we got a deal. <laughs> no, no, no. no you're, not, you're not going to get that. But that's that's what Levy would Why not? Say. Why that's not? What... That's 50 million valuation on Mane. That's about what he's worth right now. Oh, he's okay, old. 80 plus. Okay. Could be. Could be. Ooh. Well, I don't know. That, the that, Liverpool be... fans, they might get holier than thou again. Ah. Their man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, to Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> You definitely do not want. And I don't think. Although Liverpool oh, to Tottenham is not a move that happens very often, I feel like that's two teams that don't really swap. The only one I can think of is Robbie Keane going to Liverpool, but then coming back after a couple stops in between. Yeah, no. Anyways, we'll be right back with more news, and uh, we, we got a lot to talk about, man. Mbappe, Neymar, and everything. So we'll be right back. Topfootballclub.com. We'll be back. 
thank you for watching top fc radio live for more news content on your greatest clubs in the world please consider subscribing or go to our website topfcradio.com to stay updated on the greatest sport in the world do you want hilarity debate and opinion on the greatest sport on earth don't miss out on chris rodriguez and laurent cortines with their soccer talk show where they keep you updated on the top stories in the football world you can watch and listen to the full episodes of the podcast on spotify and youtube and you can watch the whole soccer talk show program live on topfcradio.com forget to join top football club on youtube to stay up to date on the latest news of the greatest sport in the world all you have to do is search for top fc news on youtube and you should get the channel don't forget to subscribe hit the bell for notifications that way you don't miss out on any more content of your favorite top clubs in soccer to you by top football club a youtube channel where we give the fans an opportunity to stay up to date on the latest trending news in the football world to watch the full episodes of the podcast find us on spotify or youtube the link is in the description below Ladies and gentlemen, here at topfcradio.com with the Soccer Talk. My man, Lorraine Cortines, Chris Rodriguez here live with you. And, uh, hey, man, what's up with uh, Chelsea got a new jersey, a new shirt. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, without a Do you like sponsor. It? No sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was okay. The, um, the crest being, like, colored was a little bit odd. I I'm more traditionalist. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Don't, don't, don't mess with your crest. Well, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, um, I mean, the just the color. I mean, they changed the color too. I wasn't used to that. That kind of caught, you know, caught me off guard. Yeah, quite and, the blue it's supposed to be. And uh, so, 
in, in the crest. I mean, it's still got the, the lion right there, you know. I mean, that, that that's good. But, you know, I think, do you think Chelsea, I don't think there's a team right now that can afford not to have a sponsor. It, it doesn't matter how big they are. I, I mean, I think it's a waste of, well, of I mean, everything. It's just, I think that, you know, I'm sure they have it for sale. I'm sure someone's going to come with a number and they'll get one. If you remember, uh, Nottingham Forest started the season last season without a sponsorship either. And in the middle of the season, they ended up with one. So they'll probably pick one up. Uh, maybe they're hiding. They want to hide revenue. They haven't found the right uh, Saudi company to put on the cover of their shirt. You know, you know, Al Al Faraka. Maybe they'll just put the advertise the Saudi league on the Chelsea shirt, which would be even funnier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is a little bit weird, and you know, at this time of season, lots of weird stuff happens. So, I'm not surprised. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about Kylian Mbappe, man. Uh, I, I mean, I've made so many videos on YouTube about this, and so. I mean, they actually get the most interaction. We get the most views out of talking about Mbappe. So we're definitely going to follow the algorithm and talk about him some more. <laughs> and uh, but but I mean, what Leonardo, who was a former PSG sporting director, came out and spoke to Lequipe about uh, about killing Mbappe. And I don't obviously he, he's out, so I think he he's done this for just so people can talk about him. But people are talking about him, of course. You know, he said, for the good of PSG, I think the time has come for Mbappe to leave whatever happens. And he also ex insisted that PSG existed before killing Mbappe and will exist after him. He has been in Paris. He has been in Paris for six years. And in those six seasons, five different clubs have won Champions League. Real Madrid in 18, 20, 22, Liverpool in 19, Bayern Munich in 2020. Chelsea in 21, and of course, your Manchester City just this past season, 2023. So, and he said, none of those who had Mbappe in their ranks. So, what do you think about these these words of Leonardo? Is he just hurt, or actually, does he have a point? No, no. I, 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 think, I think that there's clearly something broken at that club. I think that, you know, if, if you, and, and I'll bring Manchester City into this, because they're kind of similar in terms of the time frame of when they did what they did, you know, getting the the oil state state ownership Qatar for PSG and uh, the UAE for uh, for City. Even though Sheikh Mansour, he's not the government; he is the government. And they went about it in two different ways, right? City went about building the team. Aside from the first couple of years, the first two years there were some big signings, and it kind of didn't work well. But eventually, they did simply say. Who are the best? What's the best rent club in the world right now? Let us hire those people to do the things that they need to do. And so that ended up being 2010, the best in the world at that time was Barcelona. They hired Ferran uh, Torres, not Ferran Torres. Uh, I don't remember his name. His last name is Ferran, first name Ferran, and Chigi Bajeristan. They put in place a version of La Masia of building players up, and City started buying young players. And they focused on a style of play and a philosophy of player that fit in to the Cruyff model of no one's bigger than the team. The team comes first. The success will happen with an eye at getting Pep to run this team. And they had a long-term plan, and the players did not have personality. It was very much team-driven, 
play-driven egos aside. On the other side, you had PSG's model who went for, uh, you know, they went for, uh, they went for Zlatan, they went for Cavani, they went for stars, big personalities where the chairman uh, was actually part of that group and the coaches were undermined and churned out and there didn't seem to be a plan. They were more interested in building brand Paris and selling it to Nike and getting connected to Jordan than they were to their on-field um, uh, winning. I liken it to almost a, a Real versus uh, versus Barcelona, where you have a Galacticos. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, you have a Galacticos versus this sort of plucky Barcelona. So uh, I, I think that is where we are where the inmates run the asylum the team the players on the team are bigger than the club and they undermine the coach at every turn and so whenever neymar is unhappy he doesn't go to the coach he goes to i think his name is it halifa i don't know his name yeah and and they do that and leonardo was in the middle of that and i think he knew the difficulty of being the sporting director um the difficulty of being the sporting director on that team is impossible because you can't make the decisions because the players are running the team. And once Neymar was there, um, it really became more than that. And I think that's the environment that Mbappe has come up in. And he came up with Neymar and he's very much aligned with, I think that there's another cultural piece that's coming through and this might just be my own anecdotal observance, but the culture of the NBA, of LeBron specifically, of the player empowerment era, if you call it that in basketball, where you say, I just signed a five-year deal. I'm in year two. I want to leave training, is very much yeah. permeating back and forth. Soccer players reflecting back on on um, – on, on NBA and the NBA reflecting back. And I think that there are players who view themselves as a brand and are in charge and should, and I get it and I agree with it, but it makes for a difficult running club when you have a player who essentially says going where I want to, when I want to do it for me now. Um, and you will get the players that I say you should get in or I'm leaving. So I think that is very difficult, and it, it it's it's chafing in football in European football against something that I think is different. And at Real Madrid, no player is bigger than Real Madrid. The well, club is bigger than the players. Yeah, yeah. And so he's trying to bring this new model of like I'm bigger than PSG because Mbappe is bigger than PSG. But when you clash that against Real Madrid. No, I can't. You're not bigger than Real Madrid. I, I, Real Madrid said to Cristiano, "Bye." Well, but I, I, I do I, enjoy it. I do agree with that. I mean, I do agree that, but I don't. I don't agree that anybody is bigger than the club. I don't. I don't agree with that. I mean, even as great as Lionel Messi, I, I don't. I don't agree that that any player is bigger than any club, especially these clubs that are pretty, you know, legitimate, like like Barcelona, like Messi. Messi was never bigger than than, than Barcelona. You know, Messi was right. I agree. Uh, PSG is not. I mean, Mbappe is never going to be 
over PSG, even though they don't have as much history. I think I, it's just I, simply I, because I players think, pass. I think Mbappe is bigger than PSG, and that's Ronald. That's that's Leonardo's point. He's like, you're bigger than PSG. Just go. If you think you're if you're bigger. Now here's the issue: PSG is only formed in the '70s. It's big locally in Paris, but they're the they have the same problem as Manchester City. Yeah. They don't have any history. They have nothing. I mean, you know, they're like any team in the French league is kind of, right. you know, loses some juice. If anything, the biggest team in France is Marseille, and they're kind of, you know, also yeah. a big local team. They have a lot of stuff that goes <clears> on, but you know, it, it any pl- any big player in France is going to be bigger than the club. Uh, and but I think it's a modern phenomenon, uh, Chris. Is, these idea that the players are actually learning through time that they are sometimes bigger than the club. And well, yeah, that, that's that's the problem. To you know? go where they want to go. What? That's. I mean, that's definitely that's definitely the problem. When you know they, but you enable that also by paying them all this kind of money. You enable. I mean, Mbappe's sure. contract sure. is insane. Um, yeah. You know, ninety million bonus, sixty million salary. Yeah. There, yep. Real Madrid is willing to pay him 100 up to 100 up to 150 million in his transfer fee alone if he if he goes as a free mm-hmm. agent. You know, that's insane. So, of course, yeah, he's going to feel the, like, but but but, I can but get the, anything the, I want. the issue, Chris, now is that these players because this is where the this is where the state money becomes a problem, right? Like, there's a couple clubs that can pay that kind of money, right? You know, the, the Premier League clubs, PSG, Barca, and Real. Barca to a lesser extent now. There's nowhere they can go. He has no leverage, uh, Mbappe. He's essentially said, I'm only going to Real Madrid, and this is the only team that can pay me. And Real Madrid's like, yeah, we're the only team that can pay you. We're not going to pay what you want. You can stay at Paris, enjoy, but you're not bigger than us. Florentino Perez is a very shrewd operator and he does not like to be screwed over because he did screw right. him over last year, right? When he got the big contract oh, yeah. from Paris and tricked Real Madrid. Real Madrid does uh, – Florentino Perez is not cool with that. And he's just like, oh, I'll pick you up on the flip side. Oh, I'll, I'll catch you later. No, no, no. I think you know Mbappe stayed because he wanted that experience of playing with Messi to see what it would be like when really he should have left. Because once Messi was there and have the three up front, three of them not defending and you have to defend with seven – that team was broken immediately because they couldn't play the three of them together. It didn't work Ulti- no, at it, the it, highest level. It worked in France and they could fuck around and it was fine. So but when you, you were going against legit teams. So you do agree with Leonardo that said for the good of PSG, he, the time has come for him to leave. You, yeah, he's got to, I mean, for the good of PSG is broken right now. They need to have no stars. They need to go down a level. But, but I mean, can you win? Can you actually win a Champions League with that, with no no stars? I don't know if that's possible. Well, yeah, I think you can. I mean, well, tell me a won. team that has won what, the, what, the, 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 the what Champions star, League. What with. star was on Chelsea? No, but you need to have that one player, though. That, um, no, yeah, you can. Of course you can. But what I'm saying is, is, is is a mentality wise of just like yeah. strip it down, bring it down to the level of like these are the guys who want to be here, who pl- run for each other, will play for the shirt, are not bigger than the club. They're still 
talent-wise superstar, but the egos are gone, right? You strip that piece away, and you're just like, okay, we have Neymar. We understand he's here. That's fine because they can't move him, and he's not going anywhere. Okay, we'll play around Neymar. We'll play him as a number 10, uh, and he can do whatever he wants, but everyone else will work around him, right? The other piece that I think PSG need to do that I think is criminal, honestly, this is a team that's in Paris that has access to the greatest natural resource in all of Europe, which is the Banuels and the poor kids outside of Paris. France produces more good players than any European country, and it's not close. If you look at the World Cup, the last World Cup, players born in France made up 50 players. Basically, the Algerian team, it's French. The Moroccan team, it's French. They're basically populating a whole group full of players, not to mention the players who are French and can't make it onto the French team. They've gone to World Cups without Benzema. That's how good they are, right? They have center backs. Whoa, what was that? (laughs) They don't play so much. We have to play a promo in between. That's how good France are. They broke the show. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. But you see it right there, so, though. I mean, listen, if, I, if if Mbappe yeah. leaves, and, and and that Paris don't have those players, they're not putting players through an academy. They're but, not putting through. No, no. Listen, if Mbappe leaves, they're looking at Marcus Rashford, mm. who just got a renewal contract from Manchester United. I mean, they kind of they kind of look similar, but <laughs> I, I mean, Marcus Rashford is big and good because he plays for Manchester United. I don't think. He's really that much better than Ollie Watkins. I'm not being funny. Oh my gosh. He he got he got one hell of a renewal, I'll tell you that. But I mean if he wasn't English a... and didn't play for Manchester United, he would be just another very talented winger. He's not that good. And he does play a wing. He's just not like Mbappe actually tends to play in the middle, but of course also the wing, you know, on on Usually on the left side. Yes, but... they do play the same position because yeah. Mbappe, in his fanciness, doesn't want to be a nine for some reason. Yeah, which if he goes to Real Madrid, he's definitely going to have to be that because Vinicius, he's not a striker. and He's not going to move, and they're going to play him. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I think the funny thing about Mbappe is, and, and I get the sense that he's a good guy. Like, I don't think that he's a bad guy. He seems super articulate. He seems to know what he wants. He seems to know where he wants to go. And maybe we chalk it up to he's 23. He's trying to manage this moment of going from leaving his home, leaving PSG, and going to Real Madrid. And he's just having a hard time. I mean, maybe we can chalk it up to this is his decision, right? He's trying to do the LeBron power move, and he's just getting it wrong, right? Yeah, but uh, But I mean... But ultimately, his destiny is Real. Yeah, it, it is. But I think that he also... And his his pe- people around him are worried about money as well as they should, but they, there can't be both because Ramager is never going to pay you the same amount as PSG, or it could be both in the sense that you can wait until next year. But now, if you're going to Ramager right now, you're going to lose money. Either way, mm-hmm. you look at it. PSG, I mean, Real Madrid is not going to pay your transfer fee 150 million on top of paying PSG. The funny thing is, and the funny thing is, and and I, I, of course, this is my Premier League centric brain. Yeah. 
and 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 the romantic brain and we talked about it in the chat i just i look at arsenal i go go get him go get him go hey, get arsenal. him make him Henri. but you know just that... find it just do any just sell a fucking walmart just do it cronky just i mean find the money. i think they, they, the they, they definitely they it. definitely got the money for it <laughs> They, they they got the money. I amazing. think they got the money for it. I mean, it's a free agent. Or, or even United, it. like this is the kind of player like United. You you want to sell shirts? You want to do something ridiculous? Screw Harry Kane. You <laughs> sign Mbappe. You give him that seven. You're like Garnacho. Salte. Get the hell out of here with that seven. Yeah. You you don't have to play ever again. We'll loan you somewhere. <laughs> you can go play at PSG at, for with with it. We'll send you to PSG as a make weight. You put that red shirt on Mbappe coming down the wing like Cristiano and then he can go to Real when he's 27 or something like that like just you just want the romantic in me as much as it would pain me you do want Arsenal and United to to step forward and and just do something well Liverpool Liverpool, I know it's not happening they're not in the rumor mill whatever but well no it would be fantastic Arsenal and Liverpool are in the rumor mill now whether it's going to happen or not that's that's a whole different story you know uh liverpool liverpool aren't doing that i don't know man <laughs> liverpool's liverpool's guy was holland and they blew it that was the guy they would get he's so liverpooly <laughs> i mean he is the player that, that you need to put your money into so i mean if you're saving it i don't know who else you're yeah. saving it for you know it's yeah well they're gonna have to replace van dyke because i think van dyke is nah. wow Anyway, we can uh, we, we have plenty of time to yeah. talk about all, right. all the So, uh, even though they're actually very they've had a great summer, so to be fair to Liverpool. All right, let's get let's amazing. get into the transfer uh, rumor report, transfer gossip. And oh. Oh. uh well, first of all, we're going to we're going to dive into Neymar's situation, but apparently he he was his agent referred him to Barcelona and Barcelona said, "Wait, we ha- we don't have the money for him." And they think that he might generate disruption into into the the locker room with Xavi and Why the new would and the new guys. Want him. They don't need him. Yeah. They don't need him. It, that ship is sailed. That was 10 years ago. This dude named Not only 10 years ago, 2 years ago he was the stats. Come back. Look up the stats. He has gotten worse every year for 5 straight years. Yeah. His goals and assist ratio declining, minutes declining. He's getting worse. He's going down the path of the Brazilian curse. They have historically, anecdotal, whatever the story is, and I, and I don't believe it because I look at someone like Fernandinho who played forever and Thiago Silva is playing forever. But the front-end player, party boy, peaks at 22, 23, and just declines. He's going to go down in the footsteps as a player that people love. I was never a fan of his. You know why his career is ending the way it is? Because he held on to the ball too long tried to embarrass people, and they kicked him, and he deserved it because he was trying to embarrass people too often. What could have been just a simple pass, he wanted to be the man, well, he, um, and now he's stuck there he's actually his tattoos, kissing his sister on their birthdays. It's fucking weird, by the he, way. He, he's actually desperately trying to get his way back to camp now, but I don't think it's going to happen. His wages are really high, of course, at PSG. They can There's afford no it. There's no way. But they're, they're but, broke. Yeah. Mundo said that, uh, Diario Mundo said he, he was declined. PS, uh, Barcelona said he's not he's not able to come. And, of course, we talked about Marcus Rashford sounding for PSG. Um, we'll see what happens. Now, Andre Onana's move to Manchester United is on the verge of completion with the Daily Mail That's saying the that the goalkeeper should be announced 
on Wednesday. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, man? that was uh, that was also from Fabrizio Romano. I think it would be unfair to not give some respect to David De Gea, who represents the keeper from the worst era of Manchester United. Uh, you can tell I'm a City fan. Uh, there for 10 years, one of the last signings of Sir Alex Ferguson, the last he and Phil Jones leaving the club. Here is a big stat for everyone. There is no, there are no players on Manchester United rosters who have won the Premier League. That's how long they haven't won for. So <laughs> De Gea was the last player. He was the goalkeeper for the 2011 yeah, that's, a, that, that's a good stat. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the last goalkeeper. And they just let him go because I think his shortcomings of, one, not coming for balls in the box, and two, being afraid to make passes on the ball, which is ironic being a, a Spanish keeper. He was never good with his feet. And I think Ten Hag really needs to improve that area of the team. Uh, I think it will make a difference to have Onana, but respect yeah. to De Gea, four-time player of the season for United. I don't know what that says about bad seasons, that their goalkeeper was their player of the season four times. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he no, had some really good sure. saves, some really amazing moments, but he's also had Sevilla. He also had, against City in the FA Cup, a shin shot. With that Gundogan it made it look really good, but it was really off, rolled down his leg, and he kind of went in the middle of the goal. So he giveth and taketh away. He got away with a he got away with being at United for a long time because there were so many other problems. He became the last problem. He was like the son who was like, he'll be fine. We'll get our divorce, but I'm sure I'm sure David will be fine. We can't, we can't spend money on a keeper. We need to buy Sancho. We need to buy Pogba. We need to buy Di Maria. We need to buy Harry Maguire. We need to do all these things all the time. And they kind of just took De Gea for granted and just left him there all those years. And it probably went one year too long. But, you know, he was a good servant for the club. And I think any Man United fan uh, knows the saying of Dave Saves. And he's gone. I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, he'll be good for any club, I'd say. But I don't think his days as a top-level Champions League keeper are long. I can't see what team he would go to. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku is reportedly willing to take a pay cut to stay at Inter, even though he was signing to come back to to Chelsea. Which that's kind of a love. I don't know what's going on with Lukaku. He's like, he cannot, I'm gonna try. He cannot I'm, play at Chelsea. I'm, I'm gonna try here, and then I go back to Chelsea, or go back to Inter, and then just keeps playing this. He keeps playing that game. He, he he completely alienated himself from the Chelsea fans in that interview that he gave, essentially just self-destructing his Chelsea career, being like, I should have never come here. I always wanted to be at Chelsea. I'm an Interesti forever. And then, you know, Tuchel had to well, bench him. They got somebody to hate now. They got they got to hate Mount. So, I mean, I, I, he'll probably go unnoticed. Oh, Mount. <laughs> he'll probably go unnoticed. The Chelsea fans will hate, will hate, will hate Mount. They'll just be like, all right, fine. It's so weird what's happened with Lukaku. He is just the weirdest. They needed that striker. If you remember the first five games of that season, that he, he was incredible. They had that 1-1 against... I believe he was the um, best striker in the world at one point. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. No, I... He was okay. I mean, I thought he was. And he, and he could have proven my point a little bit if he scored that stupid think... goal against Manchester City in the final. He had it right there. But... <laughs> I don't know what you were doing. You're yeah. definitely crossing I your fingers. I think that I think he he suffered from the same issue that a lot of that strangely happens in football. That is just shocking to me. Is that 
a player looks like they should have a skill, but the way they play does not fit with their body. Yeah. Every striker, every coach wanted Lukaku to be a striker who played with his back to goal, could hold the ball up and get in a box and play like a traditional English number nine. When that's not what he was, he wanted the ball to feet and he wanted to run in behind. He wanted to play like Aubameyang all the time. And he had great shots in the box if you could get it to him. But my issue with him was when they were big, the bigger the game, the worse he was. <laughs> yeah. And so when you're at a big club, you can't be a small game player. You need to be a big game player, right? All right. They would rather you don't score against the bottom five clubs and score against the top five clubs. Whereas Lukaku was the other way around. He just couldn't score against good teams. Uh, Liverpool's long rumored bid for Kepren Turam will not be happening anytime soon, according to One Football. Um, I don't know mm. if that's that's happening or not, but he was actually signing for Liverpool. I, I don't know if he was signing for Arsenal as well, but apparently it's not going to happen for Is that Liverpool. Lillian Turam's son? Is that the one who was playing I, in Wolfsburg? I, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, Bremen, striker, I think I think he's related. Player? I think he's related to him. I'm mm. I'm not for sure, but you know that's that's what's happening. Now, um, Al Etifak recently hired Steven Gerrard as the new manager and the former Reds midfielder, wasted no time oh trying to raid his old side. Now, let, let's jump on that, man. That's leaving leaving the transfer room report and getting on the, the Gerrard subject. And uh, he explained why he <laughs> changed his mind. He said, quote, when I went to Saudi, I got the real family feeling. It made me actually feel welcome. You know, because ah, England, okay. Liverpool looks a lot like Saudi Arabia, you know. And so really? <laughs> there are <laughs> there are three things I'll, I consider in order. It needs to be right for my family. First and foremost, we have to be excited and motivated by the challenge. Secondly, I think the football project needs to be ambitious. There's a lot of ambition in, in, in Saudi in the Saudi league. You know, they're hiring everybody and buying and spending all the kinds of money. So he said also it needs to be for the right reasons. And then of course you need to feel secure with the contract. Hey, that's a high that's a highlighted <laughs> yeah, the area right, right reasons there. Reasons and secure the contract. But, Those go but, together. But this comes <laughs> at the very end, he said. What do you think? I'm gonna let you have it, man, and I'm gonna fix some things here. Back. Listen, 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 listen. I, I blasted Liverpool already. I blasted the sanctimony of their scousers. And I do like Stevie G. He came out when he was at Villa. I really thought he was going to do a good job. I really thought that that job he did at Celtic, which is a massive, massive club to go undefeated in the Scottish league is not nothing, but the underlying problems were there. Uh, the tactical naivety, the lack of a plan that really caught up with him uh, after his second in command left the team. And then to see you know, I didn't to see that Villa squad that he put together that was really quite good and played really hard for him implode within 15 games. And I think what really has damaged him is that Emery came in and completely turned that team around. Uh, I don't think it would be as damaging to, to Gerard had Emery not turned the team around. And so he loses a lot of his luster of that Stevie G leadership, uh, that sort of calming, amazing, fiery player that we know that he was and plays on. And and I don't begrudge him. He goes to, to Saudi Arabia to get a check. 
But this is not a football project. This is not anything about football. This is about money. And that's okay. You know what? He can convince himself and say what he wants. We know it's about money. When someone gives you $10 million to be a coach in a league that no one has a TV contract for, enjoy it. Please enjoy the 110 degree heat. Enjoy, you know, uh, you know, your children having to wear headscarves. Enjoy it because I know he has all daughters. So enjoy that. It's going to be great for them and your wife. So enjoy it, Stevie G. I'm sure they have fish and chips somewhere in uh, Saudi Arabia. Look, look, all he has to say is, uh, all he has to say, listen, it, it, it's it's the next project, move on. He didn't have to talk and say all that, do all that denying like a week before he, he, he accepted this, this job. And at this point, man, I, I'm going to call it just bullcrap, man. I, I, I like him. I, I do. I, I think he was an exec- exceptional player. I think he was one of the best that I've ever seen do it. Uh, but when you're wrong, you're wrong. And when you contradict yourself like this, then you need to be criticized for it. It is what it is. We talked about this before, too. I mean, I, I don't think he cares that much. He's pretty tough. Like, he's he survived the slip, uh, even though he said it eats at him every day. So, Steve Gerard, Gerard, you fell on your fucking ass. You gave it to Dembaba, Gerard, Gerard. So <laughs> now you fell on it again. You said something, and now you're in. Now you're now you're in Saudi Arabia. Enjoy it. All right. So um, let's dive a little bit. We we talked we we talked about some of these uh, things on, on the transfer room report, but Onana to United. I mean, he's incredible. But do you really, really, really do you really think that matters? I mean, I understand that the Ten Hag yes, wants to absolutely, wants to work. absolutely, it matters, and I, and I'll tell you how it matters. Um, it doesn't matter in like long passes. It doesn't matter. It's not about. It's not about you know these sort of doing tricks and Cruyff turns uh, with the ball at your feet or all these things. What matters is the buildup, the speed, and the confidence to play. And how it'll manifest for Man United is, and why why De Gea was so poor was it it's that you go slow, and you allow teams press to get to the positions that they want to be at. You allow them to cut mark players, and if you don't have a keeper who can make the pass that is to the open man, you see it all the time with Allison and and and, and Ederson. They chip it over the first line of defense, or they do hit the long ball. They needed somebody who could hit a long ball to Rashford on the break and have confidence and play that half a second faster to open up the spaces so that they could get moving. And I think that is what the difference will be. It won't be in the goalkeeping saving. It will be in attack that Onana will make a huge difference for United. Um, I'm a big believer in pace, in rhythm, in catching moments that defenses aren't set. Premier League defense now is so good. Almost every team has a way they want to play. And if you go slow, they will stuff you back into your goal. And Onana will allow United to pace and get their players on the break, get them moving, hit passes on the half turn to Erickson so he's on his front foot, can turn and move. And that's what De Gea wasn't doing. He was getting stuck with Harry Maguire's back square to him, hoping that an atom ball didn't come or seeing Maguire and being afraid to 
put to the next because he would kick it out of bounds. And invariably, he would try and kick it to Luke Shaw and did kick it out of bounds. And then they'd be on the defensive again. Onana should allow United to have a lot of flow and be less defensively vulnerable to turnovers. I think we're going to we're gonna have a lot of talks about Onana this season because I think it's coming. I think the moment where he screws up badly with his feet, we're going to be back here talking about oh of course of course should of that course, matter i mean we saw what happened to argentina of, of, with of caballero course, of course but ten hog is going to say that's what i want him to do okay. if he's not doing that i'd be upset all right well yeah, you're gonna be upset because united oh. had van de sar van de sar invented that shit under van gaal and oh, yeah. then at united the best version of united had a ball playing center back i mean a ball playing goalkeeper. um keeper it was Van de Sar, who hopefully is going to be okay. He had a brain aneurysm. Hopefully he didn't die. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that they invented it. Yeah. Hey, Van der Sar, by the way, he is uh, hospitalized with a brain bleed. And uh, we'll, see, right. we'll see what happens with that. And, okay, so next one. Hopefully. Paulo Dybala responds to Thiago Silva's transfer claim. Thiago Silva said that he'd be a great addition, a, a massive signing for the Blues. And he, yeah, to, he, to, he probably, to Chelsea? Yeah, he probably would be. However... He came out and said he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good in Rome, and he plans on staying. So, but he is better looking as a man than as a football player. It's literally so handsome. I can't even look at him. Those green eyes. He looks like one of the guys from the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> that little guy. But as a football player, I don't think that his role. He's one of those number tens. That's kind of where is that role? Who's doing that? Who's going to run for him? Like he needs to have. The whole offense is on him so that he can be the best player, right? He needs to be able to be in that number 10 role. He needs to be able to dictate things, go where he wants to, get those one-twos, and then take the shots that he wants to. In a modern pressing front three, the way that um, Pochettino is going to want to play a Bielsa player, Vibala is not a Bielsa player. He should be nowhere near Chelsea. He doesn't run enough. He doesn't work hard enough. There's no way that's going to work. All right. Uh, did you see Barcelona's um, remodel anything, man? They're demolishing. What's the that? Whole... Did you see Barcelona's uh, remodel thing? Did you hear me? I did not see Barcelona. Well, oh, they're they, I mean, they've been working on it for a while. Yeah, they've been working on it. They tear that thing up. I was like, dang. They're about to build a whole new. But, hey, Spotify putting that money on there, man. <laughs> but here's the thing. They don't sell out now, and it's got 90,000 seats. Hey, but it's so one of the who, biggest. It's it's like one of the biggest. Was it going to be a hundred thousand? Way over that. What are they doing? Be, I think they. I don't know, but they're. They. I saw the video on social media, and it, it, it was. Uh, I mean, it's massive. They're tearing everything. Is it so that it's cheap? Is it for tourists? Like, what? What is the plan? Like, what they? Just I don't know. I don't understand what they're. Why they're trying to go bigger? Yeah, it doesn't make have, any sense to me. I have no idea. Just it's, it's kind of, I make fun of my own club. City keeps on putting in more seats. I'm like, who, who, who's going to these? There's not, there's not that many people in Manchester. There's not that many. Who are these people? Where are yeah. they coming from? <laughs> um, just to finish off, Brandon Aronson, U.S. national. Hey, he's, he's, he's joining hey, Union that's Berlin. A big deal. He goes from Leeds to the Champions League. He goes from relegation to a Champions League team. Yeah, it is. Union Berlin, one of the best stories in all of football coming from five levels deep a, a club owned by its supporters when they were running out of money 
They banded together, painted the seats to the stadium. You want to talk about a team that is connected to its club. They have nights where they're on the road where everyone will put fold-out couches on the grass and you watch games in the stadium. It is a team that is connected. There's a there's those four pillars, ownership, supporters, players, uh, media, coach, whatever. They are aligned. That team is pulling in the same direction. That they got into the Champions League is a miracle. Uh, they had played really well in the Europa League. Really, really cool story. You, I recommend them. They're very much a Sean Dyche type team. So it's very much 4-4-2 defense. They go to the wall. They fight for every point they have. They take draws. It's throw-ins. It's crosses. It's that kind of dirty English football style that yeah. that if you watch the championship like I do, you get to see once in a while. Uh, but a good story and a team like that being the Champions League is incredible. They may not win a game, by the way. <laughs> but when they go away, I don't know what group they're in. I don't think they've done but, a draw for the Champions League. But it's good, it's good for, for when Aaron. they go away, they are going to have the best support in yeah. all of Europe. It's it's good for Aronson to get that Champions League experience to help the U.S. men's national team. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what their side's like. I don't know if he will play. Uh, I still get the sense that Aronson is very much a lot of action and not a lot of product. He seems to be on the ball, moving, hassling, running, but then shoots the ball poorly. He really had a bad season at Leeds last year. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening and watching to the to the Tucker Show. Show tonight brought to you by topfcradio.com. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Channel, presented exclusively by the Premier Streaming Network. We will be recording on Sundays and Thursdays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple or your own podcast, your special podcaster, please rate and review the show. It means everything to us, and thank you, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>